Come on, come on, church. Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Man, it is Sunday. What does that mean? It is absolutely our fun day. We have an opportunity to come together as his body to sing praises to an awesome God. He's the only one who deserves it and celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's awesome, man. It's great to be here with you guys this morning. I love Sundays. I look forward to Sundays. I love coming and worshiping with all of you. I love watching God work in your life. And I'm just call out to all those who are new with us this morning. Welcome to Vertical Church, man. Welcome to Vertical Church. We love that you are with us this morning. We hope that when you walked in, you're made to feel welcome and wanted here. We, we're all about Jesus in this place. And I pray that when you walk out, you know how much you love through God, through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Man, we love that you're here. Guys, before we get into this morning's conversation, I just want to take a minute to look back to an announcement that, that uh, Ashley shared, which is about Serena Dykeson. Uh, she's going to be here. It's a Thursday night, uh, March 21st at 6.30 p.m., uh, I have watched uh, Serena's uh, testimony story. She was interviewed by Focus on the Family. Um, this, is, uh, this is some serious information she's going to be sharing. It's mature for mature audiences. If you have a mature uh, middle schooler through high schooler, this is serious stuff. It's important stuff for people to know and understand the trauma that she went through as a young girl, how, what she, how she walked through it, how God showed her grace through abortion recovery that she had to go through, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's a serious topic for sure, but there's a whole lot of healing that comes behind it, and that's what God does, right? His grace comes in, and he heals. So I encourage you, it's not just for students. We're partnering with the Students for Life for the Gibson Southern High School, and we want to do that because we believe in life, and we want to get the word out there what God can do before and after all those things that happen, how he can step in and heal you. So it's not just for the students. It's for us as a church. We can come and hear a story of God, God's redemption through trauma and how he pulled her through this and how he can continue to do that through us as well. So I just want to encourage you, very, very clear, it's for adults, it's for adults down to mature middle schoolers because some of the stuff that will be shared. And, and she has done this for, uh, for a while now, shared her story, so she does it with, with tact. Uh, but I just want to make sure we're really clear about that. If you can make it, I encourage you to be here. Um, it's going to be uh, an evening. We can just see how God works in the lives, and not just here, people here in this church, but around our world. Well, this morning, uh, this morning we're stepping into a new series, our latest series titled Emoji. Um, so I just want this might be a crazy question. I just want to throw this out there real quick. Does everybody in the room, or everybody's watching or listening online, do you know what emojis are? Are you with me? Raise your hand if you know what emojis are, okay? So emojis are those, those little images that you find on your devices or your apps that you can put in there, and you put them in your communication to express how you are feeling to others. And the fact that we are all highly emotional people, the person who thought of this, to put them in our communication, to come up with these little icons, is an absolute genius, if you ask me. Um, we don't have to use words to communicate to people around us. We can put these little things and send a message and people know how we're feeling at that one moment. Or we can use words because God's given us a language, right? We can talk and then we can put those little icons on the end and then, oh my word, people say those words and they're reading them and then they see this little expression of how we feel at the end. They understand what our words are trying to communicate. You with me on this, church? Right? It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing things that we have. Um, but I don't know about you, 
But I was a late adopter to this whole emoji thing that was happening several years ago. Um, I kind of thought they were ridiculous. I'm like, why do I need to put some image to tell people how I feel? Um, so I kind of I pushed it off for a long time. And then my friends started using it. So it started growing on me like a fungus. And I started putting it into a place in my life. I started incorporating my messages. And then it all went downhill from there when it comes to using these things called emojis. Um, I started with this one. I started with this one. I thought, this is simple. This is, this is a smiley face. I mean, people can get that. I can use this. And so I would text a message to someone saying, listen, hey, man, I'm having a great day. And then I would put this up there. And people are like, look, Rich is having a great day. Ding, right? It's a beautiful thing. They know how I feel. I communicated, not just in my words, but this emoji out there. I was like, okay, I, I get this. I, it's pretty easy. I can pull this down. So I sent my wife a text. I said, Stephanie, I, I love you. And then I put this emoji. You know, nothing says I love you like a little bunch of hearts, right? So I got hard eyes. I'm like, I love you. This is amazing. And I was thinking, okay, I have got this down. This is cat's pajamas for me. I can figure this out. And so I went into this, and I said, okay, I'm going to send my buddy Roddy. He's a pastor in Pennsylvania. I'm going to say, listen, I'm praying for you today. And it sounds really, really good, Right? But then you add this and hit send by accident, and this is what it looks like. I... <laughs> what? I said my friend, no, oh, I didn't do this, just joking. But you know that I know that you know that you've done something like this before, right? You've sent the wrong emoji like, uh, yeah, yeah, my friend. He goes, oh, thanks, man. No. Oh, then there's my favorite. This is my favorite. Aces. Aces, come on, everybody just do this. Aces, everybody's, it's come out. This is my favorite. It means legit, top notch, excellent, top, you know, you're the best, right? Aces, this is my favorite. All the cool kids are doing it. Mm. And then I have no words um, for this next one. Poop. Someone said earlier, the rich is chocolate ice cream. That just made it worse. I don't know who came up with this one and why they put it out there, but I got to tell you, the fact that they put eyes and a smiley face on poop just disturbs me. Is anybody with me on this? Okay, all right. Here's the truth, friends. When it comes to being emojis, we are all deeply emotional people. Now, I know this not because I know everybody in this room personally. I know this because I know everyone in this room was created by God. I know it's because we're created in his image. And when I pick up this book and I learn who God is, his character, his personality, his, the depth of who he is, I'm confronted with the truth that God himself feels deeply. He is full of emotion. And when he created us, his special creation, humanity, he gave us the ability to feel deeply too. The struggle, the struggle that we have is not that we don't have emotions. We all know we have emotions. The struggle or the problem that we have is many times we don't know how to control them. 
And because, because we have not developed a way to look through and work through emotions through the lens of Scripture, our emotions start controlling us. Think about this. You, you wake up in the morning, and man, you're in a good mood. You're thinking, today is going to be a great day, right? Who here has done that before? You woke up in the morning, you're like, man, today is going to be a great day. But something happens from the moment you get out of bed to you have your first cup of coffee that changes everything. It changes everything. It could be the fact that you get out there and your spouse didn't set up the coffee. What are you thinking? You know we need it in the morning. It could be that you stepped on a Lego on the way out to get your cup of coffee that your kids left out the night before. Has anybody ever stepped on a Lego? Holy cow. Just stab my foot with a knife. Cry like a little girl. It's absolutely crazy. Life happens. Life happens, and it changes how emotions affect our day. We wake up in the morning in a great mood, and everything changes. With, when something happens to us, our emotions change. And this is where everything goes sideways. Instead of just experiencing those emotions, we allow them to start steering our mornings. We allow them to start steering our days, our weeks, our lives. Whatever emotion we are feeling becomes the undertone of the direction of where we're going and how we act towards others. Because we become emote confused, not emote in control. You with me on that, church? In this series, this series is simply geared to give us some life back. Let's just be real. To help us gain a better understanding of our emotions and gain control of them through the knowledge of Scripture, what God says in his word of truth. Now, before you discount this series and you think that, well, come on, Rich, this is just a, a gimmick series. You're having some fun. It's irrelevant for me. I want, you to, I want to ask you just one question. One question. Have you ever done anything in your life based on the mood you were in or how you were feeling? Think about that for a second. Have you ever done anything in your life based on the mood you were in or how you were feeling? Anger, rage, jealousy, lust, joy, confused, anxious. Have you ever made a decision based how you were feeling? How you, have you based things, how you reacted based how you were feeling? Has it impacted where you went? Has it impacted where you didn't go, who you talked to, who you didn't talk to? Have you ever made a choice or had action in your life that you wish you could take back because it was filled out in how you were doing? The emotion that you were feeling played itself out to that decision. Now, if you could say yes to any of those, this series is relevant for you. How do we learn to control our emotions so our emotions don't control us. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and tell them I'm smiling already. <laughs> tell the person on the other side you just ignored. You just upset them. Tell them I'm smiling already. 
Come on, church, open your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 4. Your Bibles or your Bible app to Proverbs chapter 4. We are looking, we're looking at verse 18 this morning. If you grabbed a Bible on the way in, you will find it on page 435. Page 435, or Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, or 435. This morning, we're going to do something kind of interesting. It's going to be a little bit uh, fun this morning. It's unique to what, how we preach. I'm gonna, we're going to be looking into this idea of controlling our emotions, but we're going to learn this from a father-son team. We're going to walk through this morning through, through a father-son team. Proverbs was written by one of the wisest men who've ever lived. His name's King Solomon. So we're going to walk through a little bit of Proverbs, but then later on, we're going to turn back to the book of Psalms, and we're going to be hearing from Solomon's father, King David. It's going to be kind of fun, and we're going to have some fun with it. But for right now, let's look at verse 18 of Proverbs chapter 4. It says, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep, like deep darkness. They do not know where they go or make, what makes them stumble. Let's just stop there real quick. Right off the bat, Solomon lays it out. So, okay, you listen, there are two paths we can take in life. We can go down the path that is well lit. The path of righteousness means that we are living in a right and have a right standing with God where we can see where we're going, what's in front of us, or we can go down the dark path where we can't see anything. Nothing is visible. That's where the wickedness comes out in our lives and we end up falling on our faces. There are two paths we can take. He continues on in verse 20, he says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn to your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are the life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Let's just stop right there. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. When it comes to us understanding, taking control of our emotions, so our emotions don't control us, our first step, if you're taking notes this morning, is very simple. We need to guard our hearts. You need to guard your heart. Solomon says very clearly, above all else, the most important thing, what matters most for you, what matters most for me, what matters for all of us, and what matters most for all of us is for us to guard our hearts. Now, I've shared this often, but it's most important for us to understand and see what's in our hearts is what we live out in our lives. What's in our hearts is what we live out in our lives. What's in our heart is how we live. Now, listen, listen, we know things. As I look across the room, man, we are filled with this room with some smart people. You are smart people. You know things. But if that knowledge doesn't move down to, to our heart, it will never be lived out. Because it's, when it sits here, this is the truth of how we choose to live. 12, 12 inches is the difference. Because what's in your heart is what you believe to be true. And what you believe to be true it's how you choose to live. You with me on that? Jesus exposes this. 
He talks about what's defiling you. People talk about, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 15, talks about people putting stuff in their mouth and what they're eating is defiling them. He said, listen, what you put in your mouth doesn't defile you. What comes out of you defiles you. And look what he says in verse 19. For out of the heart, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. He says, out of this core of who you are, that's where the junk comes out. We need to guard that. We need to protect it. So the junk doesn't go in, eventually comes out in our lives. See, the crazy thing, though, I think through this, when I think about your life and my life, man, we go through life guarding everything else except our hearts. Right? We get, we get what King Solomon is saying backwards. He says, above all else, we're like, okay, we're going to do everything else except for that. Think about this. We guard our weight. This is simple. We guard our weight by watching and counting our calories. We guard how we feel in our stomach by avoiding gluten because it messes with us. We guard the beam between our shoulder blades, right? right by when we ride our bikes because we put a helmet on that. We guard, we guard our skin by going outside. It's 72 degrees and sunny out this morning, and you're thinking, okay, I need to put SPF 3000 on, right? <laughs> we guard our kids from everything. Some of us are helicopter parents. <laughs> but we fail to guard the one thing that messes with our lives the most. Our hearts. We leave them wide open for the beating. We leave them wide open for the world to come in and start shaping our lives. And this is so true when it comes to our emotions. When our hearts are open and the darkness of the world starts coming in and taking residence, what comes out of my life, what comes out of your life is not good. Our emotions start taking control. Anger brews and we start spitting out and spewing bitterness towards others. Anxiousness comes in and it cripples us in life, right? Fear steps into our world. We put our hand up and we don't start building good friendships in life because we know we're created for community, but we don't trust anybody. Lust leads us to do things that we later regret. We left our heart wide open. And what the world says is good and pleasurable and right comes right in and we start believing that to be true and we start living that out. Friends, please hear me clearly on this. Emotions are not the problem. Emotions are not the problem. It's the uncontrolled emotions that take over our lives and the actions that birth out of them, that is the problem. We all have emotions. Every single one of us in this room are filled with emotions. But when our hearts are not guarded, we consume way too much darkness, darkness and our emotions go crazy. We live lives all over the place. We're like a roller coaster, up down, all around, spinning like a top. And all we can do when those things start happening is pray to get the end of the ride. God's got a way to fix that. 
Solomon says very clearly, choose the path of the light. Guard your hearts. Listen, I'm not, I know that I'm not the only one in this room who has sat on the other side and have emotionally charged, unguarded heart conversation. Where what was coming out of their heart was not filled with light and love, but hurt and pain. And as, as times I've walked through, as I sat there and someone's sitting next to this person encouraging them, it's absolutely fine because you were speaking from your hearts. No, no. It's an unguarded heart. It's a hurt heart. We've all experienced that in our lives. And be truthful here, we have probably done it to other people. When in our conversation, when we have talked to other people, we have had darkness coming out. Why? Because our emotions were flowing from an unguarded heart. We can't miss the focus of this. Look back to verse 20 through 22. It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are the life for those who find them and health to one's whole body. Friends, God says, my words in your ears, in your heart. My words in your ears, in your heart. He comes in, goes down, and we start living out. This is a huge piece for you and I learning how to guard our hearts. Guarding our eyes, our ears, and our hearts are being flooded with the word of God. Because when our lives are filled with the truth, we're overflowing from the truth. The trash in this world is trying to make its way in, doesn't have room. It is our defense, it keeps it out. But too many times, too many followers of Jesus fail to open this book. They leave our hearts exposed. And they wonder why their lives are all over the place. They wonder why they're, they're, these decisions are happening. I, I'm out of control. I am facing all these things. And, well, because you're all over the place. You're basing your decisions and life on how you feel. Not the truth that God wants to pour into your life. It's because they're not armed. They're not protected. Friends, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, the word is our sword. It protects us. It guards our hearts. Man, I have shared multiple times over and over again, the studies that have been done that reveal when believers dig into the word of truth, when they have a personal pursuit of God through his word, and the results are always astounding. Jesus changes everything, yes? yes. Jesus changes everything, yes? yes? What Jesus has found in the pages of this book, he is the word of God. Proverbs chapter 3, go back, back one chapter. You can see that Solomon's really digging in with this one. He says, listen, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your what? 
in your what? For they will prolong your life for many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your what? Of your what? Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And then we get to these two verses that everybody loves. Trust the Lord with all your what? With your what? And lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. There is a direct connection to what God wants to do in our lives, the protection of what is going on in this world, keeping our hearts clear and pure by you and I spending time and digging into the word. I'm not talking about a checkbox like, oh, I did it today. Pursue Jesus, memorize scripture, Take on the challenges when he calls you out to change. Direct connection. Open up this book. Let the word of truth change your life. Church, say it with me. Read. Read your Bibles. In fact, starting tomorrow, we're stepping into another Bible reading plan as a church called Christ is King. So I'm not going to say, hey, we need to do this without giving us an opportunity to do this. So if you, you can see it in your programs, the QR code, there's a QR code here. If you have, the, if you're using the YouVersion Bible sermon apps, it's in there this morning as well. There's all sorts of avenues you can jump in. We can read through this together as a church. Christ is King. What we're going to do is we're going to read through the book of Matthew together. We're going to read through the book of Matthew. It's 28 chapters, so it's 28 days. And when we come together in 28 days from now, we're going to be sitting together celebrating the risen Christ, and we're going to be going through Matthew 28 that morning as we are celebrating the risen Christ. Amen? Amen. So it's going to lead us through 28 days into Easter Sunday. We're going to call come together. So get on there, sign up. It starts tomorrow morning. Uh, get into the Word of God and see how He changes your life. If we are going to control our emotions and not let our emotions control us, first, we need to guard our hearts. Second, we need to adjust our focus. We need to adjust our focus. Now, if you have your Bibles open, paper Bibles open, flip it back to the book of Psalms. Psalm 42, we're going to read through that together. If you brought the Bible in from the table, it's on page 386. King Solomon, his father, wrote many, many of the Psalms. And as you read through the book of Psalms, you can see that his emotions ran all over the place. Sadness to happiness, angry to scared, full of joy, then frustrated and back to joy again. His emotions are all over the place. But as you read the Psalms, you can see a pattern for David. He often wrote, uh, wore his emotions on his sleeves, yes. But as you read them, you see that his focus shifts. He pours out and has a conversation with God, absolutely meeting. He's revealing how he feels, what he's walking through. They are real, they are raw emotions. But then he always comes back to his praise of who God is. So if you have your Bibles open, we're starting verse 1. We're going to read through Psalm 42. It says, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go to meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where 
is your God. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, and the Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep and the roars of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By the day, Lord directs his love. By at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. Amen? Amen. Come on. Did you see what David was doing there? As we were reading through that, how he was expressing how he was feeling, the emotions that he was walking through, that he was being taunted, he was oppressed and walking through all the feels that he has, right? But every single time he brought it back to knowing who God is. Why are you so downcast, my soul? Yet I will praise you, my king, my rock, my savior, my God. Every time he deals with his emotions, he's real about them. He understands they're there, but then he turns around and remembers who God is while he faces them. That's what I mean about adjusting our focus. It's not how we feel, friends, because we know that we feel. It's about who God is while we're feeling it. We become so fixated in how we feel, we forget who he is and what he has done in our lives. And then we go down that emotional spiral and it keeps on going and going and going instead of going up. Over the years, this has become extremely practical in my life when I was feeling like I was hitting an emotional basement. We all have been there. We all walk through, we're like, man, I don't know if I can take one more thing. And as those things are entering my life, I start, okay, listen, I must have my heart exposed somewhere. I must be letting in some falseness that doesn't belong in here. I need to start plowing my life with the truth. I open the book. I start having real needed and raw conversations with Jesus. It's like, okay, you know what I'm facing. You know what I am feeling right now. Guard it. Protect it. And there comes this idea, no, no matter how I feel, this is who I choose to be. No matter how I feel, this is how I choose to be. Why? Because this is who my God is. We can experience all the motions, but when we push them through the lens of Scripture, understanding having emotions is okay, but we put them through the lens of Scripture, we let the power of God work in our lives, guarding our hearts. Why? Because he doesn't want us to go down that spiral. He says, look up. This is where the action is. This is who I am, what I have done for you. 
adjust your focus. I think one of the deep-rooted problems in the 21st century church across America is that too many, too many followers of Jesus are living their lives with Jesus one motion, emotion at a time. It's all about the feels. They're not lived by the truth of who God is. They're not lived by the truth of who God is and his call on their lives. They're living life with him based on how they feel. And let's just be honest, friends. I know how I feel sometimes. And it's not good. And if I was to live my life based on how I feel, my life would be a dumpster fire. Because it's not about how I feel, it's about who God is. If we, if we, <laughs> if we think that we can only experience God in our lives through some spiritual high, then we've missed it. We've missed him. Our, our lives with Jesus is based on and fueled through the truth. The truth of who he is and what he has done for us. Scripture says very clearly that he is our rock, that he is our fortress, he is our firm foundation. It's not about how I feel. Yes, I feel but it's not how about I feel. This is who I choose to live because who he is. Friday night's worship night was absolutely awesome. Church, we are so blessed with the worship team here at Vertical, aren't we? Come on. Come on. We are so blessed to have the worship that we do. Even this morning, coming before God, man, during that night, I, I took some several opportunities and I would stand back and I go to the back and I just watch people, his church, sing praises back to him. Man, it was expressive love. It was expressive love. Hands out, arm raised. Man, I saw some people jumping. Like, come on, Jesus, we're going to do this. Right? And they're all excited. It was pumping. We're getting at it and praising Jesus. That praise, that emotion was based on the truth of the words that we were singing. Amen. That truth of the words that we were singing comes from the truth of God's word that we have in front of us this morning. Truth birthed emotion, not the other way around. And too often we flip the script on God and say, well, I'm going to Praise this way because it's how I feel. God says, you're missing it. And you wonder why you're all this. Speak from the truth. Think about right now, right now. Where are you walking through in your life where your heart is all over the place based on how you're feeling? That you're getting ready to take a next step. You think, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here because I'm facing this part in my life. Is, what, is your next step based on truth? Or is it based on how you feel? 
This is why it's so important for us to grasp. If our lives are based on our emotions, we are headed for or already at disaster. Why? Because our emotions are all over the place. They're all over the place. We feel deeply. Why? Because God feels deeply. We cannot let it lead us. We need the truth. If we fail to feed our hearts with the truth, we will always live on the emotional highway, and that gets you nowhere. We'll love Jesus one moment. We'll doubt him the next. We'll trust him in worship, and we'll question him when he calls us to live differently. We'll feel so close to him in praise, and we'll feel so distant from him and alone in hardship. Why? Because our emotions are all over the place. It needs to come back to truth of who God is. Listen, it's not come Holy Spirit. He's already here. Friends, the Holy Spirit was in this room before you even walked in today, okay? And when as you walked in, you carried more of them because the Holy Spirit resides in you as a child of God. It says he's inside of you. The Holy Spirit is your advocate. He is your counselor. He speaks to your father through prayer on your behalf. When you don't even know what to say, he resides in you. You're never alone. God is always present, everywhere, holy, completely, all at once. He loves you. He gave his son for you because he lives. When we believe in him, surrender our lives to him, we live too. He fights for you. He goes before you. He is our God. There is nothing like him and ever anything be like him. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the King of Kings. He holds all things together. He has set us free. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son. He loves That is our God. That is the truth. Over 300 times, in one way or other, he tells the scripture, do not fear. Amen. And what do we do? We go through life fearing everything. He has overcome this world. Greater is he who is in us than the one who is in the world. We are overcomers in Christ because of who he is. That is the truth. God doesn't change. Our emotions do. The truth needs to feed and lead our lives, no matter how we feel. You want straight paths. You want to get what's in front of you, the emotions that you're feeling. Feed your life with the truth. Guard your hearts. So what do we need to do? We need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our hearts with the truth. Fill our lives with the truth. And then we need to adjust our focus. This is who my God is. This is who my God is. Stop allowing our emotions to control our lives and start putting our emotions in check. It's where we say, yes. I know you're there. Pain, I know you're there, I feel you. Suffering, I know you're there, I'm walking through it. Fear, yeah, you've been consuming. I understand that you're there. 
I understand all, I get, I get all the feels. I understand you there, but listen, listen, all you emotions. I know you're there. I know I'm going to experience you, but you no longer control me. My life in Jesus Christ will continue to move forward. My eyes will be on the one who changed everything because it's not on how I feel. It's about who he is. And this is who I choose to be. His divine power has given us everything we need for a life, a godly life through the knowledge of him who called us according to his own glory and goodness. 2 Peter 1, 3. For he has given us a spirit that does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 2 Peter 1, 7. We have everything we need. The spirit residing within us, the word of truth in front of us to control these things called emotions. And no longer let them control us. Yes, we feel them. There'll be joy, the crazy excitement. People will be jumping in praise and we'll be crying and weeping. But that should not change the trajectory of your life in your pursuit of following Christ. Are you with me, church? If you're in this room, you have everything you need if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. If you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus, you're still on the outside looking in. You have the word of truth, sure. You can read it. But it's the Spirit of God that opens our eyes to the truth. And when you surrender your life to Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. And that's a course correction you might want to make this morning. I want to encourage you, when I call the prayer team up in a little bit, to come up. And give your life to him. He changes everything. Trust me, it's not about being worthy. Because it has to do with our worth. I should get off the stage. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done. And how he calls me his son. And you, his son, you, his daughter. Don't walk out those doors thinking you can control all the things you, think you haven't been controlling yet in your life. Give it to Jesus and let him change everything. Church, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word of truth. We thank you for your love for us. God, thank you for who you are. And I will say, Father, thank you for creating us in your image. Thank you for giving us emotions. I know sometimes they feel like they get the best of us. But there is so much richness through them. What brings you joy can bring us joy. God, show us as we walk through this series over the next few weeks to keep them, what it looks like to keep them in control. I pray, Father, that we will guard our hearts. We'll protect the most important piece of who we are for you. What makes us live things out in lives. And we'll protect it by plowing in your truth.
that no matter how we feel, this is who we choose to be because we have just our focus on you and who you are. It won't be easy, but we know it's possible because your word of truth says so. So right now, I'm going to call our prayer team to come forward. And maybe this morning, you are the one of those people in this room who have never surrendered life to Jesus. Like, okay, I, I like this God guy, and Jesus sounds really cool. You're trying to figure it out. You've been kicking the tires on Christianity. Maybe this morning's the day that you make that change forever. Come talk to our prayer team. Come up and, and share with them where you're at. They would love nothing more to watch you go from death to life, separated to together, changed forever. Maybe if you don't know what all that looks like, what it means, come talk to our prayer team. They want to walk you through this. Or maybe you're here this morning and you have those things in front of you that you've been making decisions based on your emotion or your emotions have been ruling and controlling your life. Come talk to our prayer team. Let them pray over you. Let them pray with you. We are a body. We are the body of Christ and we walk through this life together. We lean on each other. We believe in the power of prayer. Father, we just praise you. Go before us this week. Let us get into your word. Shape our hearts so us see you clearly who you are. And may we be a church that says no matter how we feel, this is who I choose to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless, church. Have an amazing week.